Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Daily Coast, the brief, throw weekly show about politics. I am Marcos Melitz. It's a little under the weather, but I think I'm rallying for the show because <laughs> the news is so amazing that it really does give you a jolt. I'm here with Carrie Alveld, and uh, this is our weekly show about politics. Thank you so much for joining us. And what else could we talk about than indictment, indictment, indictment? And that's today's, uh, this week's episodes topic. Before we continue, we should just remind people that we are recording this on Tuesday, right? So it's the day that Trump got indicted. But I promise you, we will not bring you old news. We will bring you news about how the Republican Party is sort of evolving, grappling with this. Um, you know, it seems almost like it seems almost like a like a conflict to say that the Republican Party is evolving because They've only been devolving for like 20 years now. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I they're just conservative for a know. reason. They do not yeah. evolve. In fact, they are the dinosaur of the evolutionary uh, picture. And But yeah, that's what today's show is going to be about. We're going to be looking at Republicans, how they are reacting. And one of the sort of core running themes of our show over the last several years has been the amazement of a Republican Party that refuses to let go of Donald Trump. I mean, they've lost elections in 18, 20, and 22 because, in large part, because of Donald Trump. And yet they just can't quit him. And that's the way it seemed after the first indictment. But as as we'll talk about today, there seems to be cracks in that facade. And Carrie has been tracking these very, very closely. So I'm going to let her take the lead on that. I don't know if all of you have had a, ha had a chance to uh, read the indictment. It was funny. I was just listening to MSNBC. And their reporter, Garrett Hake, was outside of the Miami courthouse and said that he hadn't run into a Trump supporter yet that had read the indictment. <laughs> Shocker. But, you know, you don't have to read the whole thing to get the gist. You just I mean, the things, you know, this indictment's got pictures, right? The, the pictures of the of not the, just the indictment, you know, but a billion Twitter accounts that have been. Yeah, billion about Twitter accounts. Pictures. Right. Right. You got the pictures of 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 the classified documents, the legit national security secrets about our nuclear weapons programs and and our, you know, uh, military plans if we were ever under attack. This is highly sensitive stuff, right? This isn't just, you know, you know, Trump's, in fact, Trump and his, Trump and his Sharpie. It's not. You know, it's there not, are documents it's not. in that stash yeah. that are so sensitive that they do not show up in this indictment. And we do not know if that's because they, the, you know, whatever agencies are involved just don't even want to acknowledge their existence or there might actually be another indictment coming forward that actually addresses those documents. So we don't, those are like the, you know, and we know because people have seen the headers that they're the most classified documents. They're not in this indictment. So we're not even seeing the full picture right now, whether we will later on, yes. we don't know, but that's how oh, yeah. sensitive these are. And it's worth saying we might never see the full picture. There are very good reasons why, why from a national security standpoint, that they that prosecutors wouldn't want to include absolutely everything, um, given how sensitive this material is. You know, I'm sure that national security experts have been absolutely beside themselves, hair on fire as they get a sense of just how it, Trump just had this in a ballroom, you know, sitting there, boxes in a ballroom, you know, boxes in his bathroom, boxes spilling out and one of, you know, spilling all over the place with the documents just spilling out onto the floor. I mean, this is crazy stuff. So anyway, as long as we're here, <clears throat> let me just paint a picture. There's the Republican field and how they are dealing with it, right? There are, there are Senate Republicans who hope to have a very good 
beneficial map that should go their way next year. And they hope to reclaim the majority of the Senate next year. But it's not a given. I mean, they were supposed to reclaim it last year, remember? Mm -hmm. And they totally like they totally screwed the pooch on that. So, yeah, there there's how Senate Republicans deal with it. And then there's and then there's House Republicans who are, you know, Barely Speaker McCarthy is is in a bunch of hot water with his uh, with his House Freedom Caucus crazies. They've shut down the floor. They won't let him bring stuff to the to the floor for voting. So, you know, whatever, like ridiculous agenda they had, they can't even get into that agenda. We don't even need a Democratic uh, opposition because they're doing both sides, you know, both the. Freedom Caucus, they're doing a great job of literally obstructing their agenda. And now we even see that some of the House moderates that that need to be reelected next year, they're starting to like flex their muscle and, and they're threatening to obstruct stuff. So it's actually it's so much fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a total freaking mess. Donald Trump has betrayed the country. OK, he's now named in a case that is called United States of America versus Donald Trump. And Walt Nada, his his um, concierge valet or whatever, yeah, concierge, whatever. whoever, you know, is yeah. basically his stooge who got caught up in this and, you know, is very loyal and whatever. But he's named in that case, United States of America versus Donald Trump. Um, he is now in custody of the government he once led. This is serious freaking stuff. And here is Kevin McCarthy defending the wisdom of storing these documents in a bathroom rather than a garage. Go ahead. Was that a good look for the former president to have boxes in a bathroom? I don't know. Is it a good picture to have boxes in a garage that opens up all the time? A bathroom door locks. A bathroom door locks. So that's the perfect place for classified documents. As long as Donald Trump's in there using the facilities, yeah, that door will lock from the inside. I'm not sure. I'm not sure McCarthy thought that through very much. And, and just to be clear, this whole the garage thing is Republicans trying to do a whataboutism with, uh, with um, documents that were found in Joe Biden's um, garage. Again, there's no evidence that he took those willingly and he turned them over when he was requested. And the same thing happened with Mike Pence. And it is important to note that uh, Donald Trump did return almost 200 documents when he was first requested. The ones that, that are in, in question right now, he hid. That's why they were sitting in, the, in, that, in that tacky bathroom that we're all, we've all seen and laughed at. He was not charged with the documents he returned. And Mike Pence had documents um, that inadvertently ended up in his possession. He returned them. Same thing with Joe Biden. Same thing. I don't I, I can't remember if Dick Cheney had some too, but but apparently there's no security in these <laughs> on these classified documents. That's what we're learning. But once pointed it out, they returned them. And so this what about is them? It's just an attempt to muddy the waters. And beyond the details, Carrie, I cannot fathom the amount of energy Republicans are putting in trying to justify this. This is the most serious breach of our national security. And they're pretending that is absolutely nothing when they all lost their collective heads over Hillary Clinton's emails, when there was no evidence that there was anything damaging in those emails. And there never was anything that broke the law. And so the, the rank hypocrisy you come to expect from Republicans. But when it comes to national security, 
is just breathtakingly irresponsible and just shows how they believe in their MAGA flag more than they believe in the American flag. Right. And that and that's that is very special, of course, for I mean, there are Republicans across the country that are taking that exact stance. This is a nothing burger. And gosh, you know, we, the Justice Department, it's a weaponization of the Justice Department because they've gone after Donald Trump and they didn't go after Hillary Clinton and they didn't go after Joe Biden, you know, et cetera. But it's I mean, look, none of that is even close to comparable. None of none of them had sort of the breadth of stuff that Donald Trump has had. None of them obstructed justice, uh, allegedly, you know, and didn't give back the things that were asked for. Um, all of them willingly went through the paces of having this investigated by the FBI and, and federal pro- you know, investigators. So <clears throat> Donald Trump is really he's he's in a league of his own in so many ways, mm-hmm. but especially in this document case. And Senate Republicans now understand that they are screwed and saddled with this, right? Um, that they they need to be, in order to win the states they need to win, which are still favorable to them, um, although Democrats have some good incumbent candidates that are running them, them. For instance, Montana, it's a red state, but John Tester is central casting for Montana. He's a Democrat. He's the Democratic incumbent. He's a good candidate for that state. And it's not going to be easy to defeat him, despite the fact that it's, it's a red state. Same is true for Sherrod Brown in Ohio. He has been a, an institution since he was elected there as Democratic senator. And it's not going to be easy to topple him, despite the fact that that's a red state now. So, you know, it's not it's not in the bag for Senate Republicans. They need to have they need to be able to separate separate themselves somehow from this MAGA stupidity and what House Republicans are doing. That's completely irrelevant to the American people. And let's queue up, I I think, um, probably the sentiments of uh, U.S. Senator Mitt Romney of Utah. He's not your typical Republican. He's a little bit more outspoken. He voted for Trump's, uh, you know, to convict him uh, in the January 6th impeachment trial. So he's not your average Senate Republican, but he's probably willing to say what a lot of the Senate Republicans are thinking, particularly in the McConnell wing. And McConnell dodged making a statement about this today and just said, I'm not going to comment on anything related to, you know, the, he called him the candidate as in Trump. <laughs> so, so, so this is, let's hear Mitt Romney. Cause I think he probably reflects what a lot of people are thinking. A lot of Senate Republicans are thinking to themselves. I'm angry. Um, the country is going to go through tumult as a result of one thing, president Trump, didn't turn over military documents when he was asked to do so. Why did he just turn the documents in? Had he done so, he certainly would not have been indicted. I'm sure his lawyers told him that. What was the purpose? Why, exactly what you were saying, Marcos. Why didn't he just turn them in? Because he's not under indictment for any of the documents that he originally um, gave back. He's under indictment for the ones that he kept and the ones that he tried to hide. Um, the ones that he asked his lawyers to potentially just pluck out if they were too damning, um, you know. So, so and, and for context, part of the indictment is him telling his lawyers, uh, trying to conspire how to hide those certain of those documents because he did not want to turn them in. So he was like, "Why can't we just tell him we turned everything in? And why don't we do this?" And and this is why they brought in a lawyer from the outside and had her certify that everything had been turned in because she hadn't been privy to that conversation. She had no idea that 
Trump and another lawyer had conspired to lie about having turned in all the documents. Dumbass had it's all on tape. <laughs> like a lot of this stuff, it's all on tape. Yeah. His lawyer was was recording this stuff for the very reason yeah. that he knew that Trump was asking him to do illegal things and surely wanted to have a documentation of the conversations that they were having so that if it ever came down to hit him and he was in legal jeopardy, he could say, here's what Donald Trump told me to do. Here's what he was telling me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's part of the problem with being a, a uh, uh, you know, perennial grifter and thief and criminal <clears throat> is that the people around you start recording conversations in order to protect themselves from being criminally implicated in your schemes. It's been so, happening a lot lately. <laughs> right. A, a lot. lot lately. Right. So you've got I mean, I think. You know, Mitch McConnell's lack of leadership, his unwillingness to just say this is unacceptable breach of national security and no one who who engaged in this behavior should ever be in the Oval Office again. You know, he he predictably sort of just like he failed to, you know, put his butt on the line in order to find the 17 votes. Uh, to to convict Trump after January 6th. He, he's just, Mitch McConnell is just a predictable lack of leadership right here, right? You've got House mm-hmm. Re- Republicans absolutely protecting Trump and going on record. You've got Senate Republicans biting their lips, most of them, hoping that Trump will go away. But he, but when they had a chance to put him away, they didn't. So they're, mm-hmm. they're stuck with him. And congratulations, couldn't happen to a better, you know, more craven group of people. And then you've got the presidential field, the Republican presidential field. They are an interesting bunch, right? I'm not going to name all of them because there's like a dozen, but <laughs> yeah, there is. Matter. Let's just categorize them, right? There's Ron DeSantis, who is Trump's mini-me, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who, who is second in the polls right now. He's running you know, roughly 30 points behind Trump. Um, so Trump's dominating the field. But nonetheless... Ron DeSantis is number two, and he has he has staked his entire campaign on being Trump's mini me, on being just like Trump, quote unquote, kind of without the baggage. I mean, he didn't say mm-hmm. that, but that's like everything he does. That's is the narrative. Sort of, right. That's the narrative. Exactly. Then you've got, you know, sort of your Nikki Haley, former U.N. ambassador, former Trump official and governor of South Carolina. Um, you've got, you know, former Vice President Mike Pence. You've got former, or you've got s- s- current sitting senator of South Carolina, um, Tim Scott. Um, you've kind of got this group of people who are wanting to not step on Trump, but trying to figure out when's the right time. Are they going to break out and like go anti-Trump? They toy with it. They haven't named him. They're sort of somewhere, you know, they're mostly being uh, deferential to Trump, They but they just don't want to get on his wrong side. And then you've got Chris Christie, who is who who got into the whole field as a brawler who said he was going to take on Trump and has remained true to his words so far. And Asa Hutchinson, who is not Chris Christie, but, you know, I think has, you know, pretty much zero chance. I don't think Christie has has a good chance of winning the nomination either. As neither do I think, I don't think Nikki Haley or Mike Pence has a chance either. But anyway, Asa Hutchinson probably doesn't have a chance, but he's a, he's a truth teller. Okay. When this, when this indictment came out and he looked at it, he's a former federal prosecutor, just like Christie is. And he said, you know, Trump should get out of the, 
presidential field. Like he doesn't, he shouldn't be president and he shouldn't be running. He shouldn't be bogging down the Republican party with his candidacy. And then you've got the tech entrepreneur, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's got kind of Ramaswamy, who's got his own sort of thing, but he's completely subservient to Trump, but he's wielding it, I think, in a smarter way on this particular instance than say Ron DeSantis is. So we're going to take a look at the field because I think something interesting is happening And this is where I think there is some evolution, some movement. When the indictment first dropped last week, Tim Scott and Nikki Haley came out and talked about the weaponization. They decried the weaponization of the Department of Justice and law enforcement selectively going after Republicans and not Democrats. Uh, Ron DeSantis kind of had a a similar shtick on that. Over the weekend, I think something happened. There was probably some spot polling by some of the candidates. Maybe Um, they read the indictment. (laughs) I was going to say, they probably actually read the indictment. They started listening to people like Bill Barr, who were going on and saying Trump's toast. I mean, Mike Pompeo, like like all the worst of the... uh, The worst of yeah. the uh, Republicans, like these Mike are- Pompeo, former former Secretary of State for Trump, who's not running. Um, Bill Barr, former Attorney General for Trump, who's who's like who's you know willing to play like he's been willing he during his term willing to totally run interference for Trump and you know and distort the law for him. He said he went on national television on a Sunday program, and I think it was Fox News Sunday, and said Trump's toast. That's it. Like it's over. He Um, said it was worse than that. He said if half of this is true, if half of it, we it's all true. If half, not only is it all true, there's more (laughs) that we haven't seen yet. Uh, But that's what he said. It's so damning that even if half of it was true, he was toast. Right, and and John Bolton, who is uh, Trump's former national security advisor also has come out and said, this is, I mean, Trump should never be in the Oval Office again. He should just drop out. He should never be, he should never be president again. So we know where Chris Christie is and we'll, we'll hear from him later because he did have a CNN ta- town hall on Monday that was very enjoyable um, where he, you know, took Trump to task. Um, but let's hear from Nikki Haley here, who she is, you know, she, after decrying the weaponization of DOJ, she starts to step out here. Now, granted, she's still considering like maybe doing a pardon for Trump if he's convicted. I mean, she's not getting ahead and saying he is convicted like Bill Barr. But, you know, she's like, I I, I maybe would consider that, um, she said in a in an interview today. But this is her on Monday as she starts to do something that she and Mike Pence and Tim Scott previously hadn't been willing to do in terms of parting ways with Trump. If this indictment is true, if what it says is actually the case, President Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security. More than that, I'm a military spouse. My husband's about to deploy this weekend. This puts all of our military men and women in danger. If you are going to talk about what our military is capable of or how we would go about invading or doing something with one of our enemies. And if that's the case, it's in, it's reckless. It's frustrating. And um, it causes problems. And, you know, we're looking now, this is the second indictment. We're looking at possibly a third indictment um, coming in with Georgia. My concern is not so much about how this, you know, plays out and what we do with it. My concern is about the direction of the country. The fact that we cannot have Biden win this election. We cannot go through Biden or Kamala Harris winning this election. We've got to have someone that can win a general election. 
uh, just really quick fact check. There are three potential additional indictments down the pike, not just the one in, in Georgia, but uh, but Jack Smith also is investigating the election, the electors, fake electors, the attempt to, to steal the election, and also some uh, moving of money, some campaign finance irregularities, uh, tens of millions of dollars worth. So, so but... Take it away, Carrie. <laughs> just... Yeah, well, I, I have to say, it, it's it's kind of amazing that she even went there. That she That's even said, why I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, she may have underplayed it a little bit. It, it's totally amazing that she even went there. And, you know, what you hear her do is say, if this is true, okay, Trump was reckless. And you know what? We better start looking electabil- at electability. I mean, that is that's an actual pivot, right, Um, from this is just uh, Trump's just being victimized by DOJ and, you know, the the Biden administration. This is her saying this is if this indictment is true, this is reckless behavior and we can't we're not going to be able to match up against Biden with this character who has, you know, has completely betrayed the country, has this national security stain on his record. You know, we have to consider his electability. Now, granted, I, I still don't think she has a chance in, in heck of winning. I mean, she, you know, she's famous for not taking a stance on things. And yeah, you know, to the point to- where people think that she's running for vice president as opposed to president. She's, she's up to trying to pull a Kamala Harris or something. But you have to you have to remember, too. And at some point, I'm, I'm worried my headphones are going to come out, get out here. But um, anyway, these candidates are starting to think, hey, gosh. After a few indictments down the line, we could be in trouble here and we're going to have I don't want to be caught trying to defend Donald Trump's for his sins against the state. Right. It, it doesn't take a genius to think a, li- a few months down the line to think about what a trial might look like, to think about more indictments and to think, I don't want to be the person who's in the position of having to say, oh, no, you know, this is all the deep state. And um, Donald, it's totally fine that Donald Trump had this stuff in his bathroom because he can lock it. I mean, they, you know, Nikki Haley doesn't want to be that person. Tim Scott came out and did something not quite as aggressive as uh Nikki Haley, but did say, I think that these are serious allegations on, you know, a serious situation. So he didn't he didn't pivot to the electability and things like that. But he dipped his little pinky toe in the water of these are serious allegations. And um, if they're true, you know, that's a problem. And he didn't say that, but he's he's kind of moving in that direction. And then you've got, of course, Chris Christie and, and Asa Hutchinson. And again, we'll get to Christie in a second. But what you can see is the center of gravity of the Republican field actually starting to move in the direction of maybe like holding Trump accountable for his own actions. I mean, and that is a that is a real shift. Ron DeSantis is in, I think, jeopardy of being the only guy left who's just like, yeah, this is totally fine. You know, I mean, maybe that's where he wants to be. Uh, maybe he just wants to, you know, not piss off any MAGA voters and he wants to be the guy who's left there. Um, but he's, you know, he's like starting to be in sort of a class by himself. And it might not be, a, it's certainly not a good place to be in in terms of a general election. Now, let's do one more thing. Let's just go ahead and listen to Vivek Ramaswamy. He's the tech wait, wait, we're not going to listen to Christy? We got to listen to oh, Christy. Oh, no, Christy's the last. Oh, Christy's okay. The last. Oh, 
Okay, you scare yeah, me. We're gonna like, like, it. because no, because Christy is Christy does <laughs> oh, all <yes>. the stuff. <laughs> Boy, but we don't have feedback. Okay. I imagine that we had Vivek. We don't have Vivek. I will tell you what, what Vivek did um, was stand out today, stand out of the Miami courthouse and, and hold up this pledge that he had on a white sheet of paper that he would pardon Donald Trump for being convicted. Okay. Now it was a stunt, but I think one of the most, you know, sort of apt, I mean, I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy has a, has a chance in hell either. But what was interesting was, you know, DeSantis is sort of grappling with, well, what am I going to do here? And he's, you know, he's taking some like he, he's, not, he's such an uninspired candidate. But Vivek is is standing out there and like basically saying Donald Trump is going to be a convict and I'm going to pardon him. So he's <laughs> pledging his loyalty to, to to Trump and at the same time reminding all those voters. Um, this is what David Frum kind of came across with this. He's a conservative, conservative commentator. He kind of came across with this uh, analysis. But he's reminding all of his voters that Trump is going to be con- probably going to be convicted. He's a con- he's going to he's probably going to be a convict and maybe not maybe not just one time, maybe many times over. So so felon. right, he's going to be a felon. So yeah. he's you know, he's reminding people like he's pledging his loyalty on the one hand, but reminding people like what a devastating thing it might be to have the the standard bearer of your party be a felon. He won't be um, able to vote for himself. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So I, it is it's kind of a fascinating turn of events. All right. And I and I do think I think that Ron DeSantis is going to have to grapple with that in the coming months. Now, I think we should turn to Christy because Christy. Yeah, has wait, 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 just yeah. 30 seconds. So where is Ron DeSantis in all of this? I think before we get to Christy, it's important to note that. Yeah, I do think it's important to know that here. Let me let me read you what Ron DeSantis said, because I just um he, he, you know, he what he tried to do is he tried to do sort of a what about ism with um, with Hillary Clinton. Um, he initially, much like uh, Nikki Haley and uh, and Tim Scott, initially talked about law enforcement weaponization, you know, against Republicans and not Democrats. Um, and then at, at, at a, he was on Friday night, he was at the North Carolina uh, Republican um, event and he tried to sort of do this what about Hillary Clinton thing. But then he delivered a sentence that is really much more applicable to what's happening with Donald Trump. So he basically said um, he pointed out the fact that Hillary Clinton was never charged for having private material, classified material on her server, uh, her private server. And then he said, quote, as a naval officer, if I would have ha- taken classified uh, documents to my apartment, I would have been court-martialed in a New York minute, okay? So he was kind of trying to say that, like, he, he prefaced it with the Hillary Clinton stuff and cr- kind of tried to, like, have it both ways. Way too subtle. He was, way too it's subtle. Way, it's, it's way too subtle. It, I mean, and it applies so much more to Trump. And he was kind of trying to take a s- swipe at Trump without having to, you know, yeah. actually acknowledge that, tr- you know, Trump took classified documents and should be court-martialed yeah. or should not court-martialed, but should, should be you know, convicted. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, he's so mealy mouthed, you know, he's, he's so, so afraid. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's amazing how for somebody who claims to, you know, he's such a bully when it comes to beating up on immigrants and 
uh, trans kids and stuff. But when it comes to, to Trump, he just he has he is he's totally beta. And it just really yeah. fits in that that narrative is growing about DeSantis being beta, right? Like he wears high heels. He's, you know, has zero presence. He's like a robot. Like there's nothing imposing. There's no imposing presence. He looks better on paper than he does in, in real life. And then whenever Trump's around, he just becomes this little toddler. I mean, it's kind of amazing how how he has zero ability to sort of seize the moment. And and the reasons are, I think, are pretty obviously why. It's that if Trump implodes he wants to be able to you know look at those trump supporters and go like i never turned on your guy right like i'll i'll I'll, right he got railroaded i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pardon him if i'm elected like he doesn't want to lose that thing is and it may not be for for a primary may not be a losing strategy but we're talking 30 percent of the american public right 25 to 30 percent i mean this is within a republican primary you're talking about 40 percent maybe and and he doesn't want to alienate, but there's this whole universe of voters out there that he can motivate in an anti making that argument that you talked about earlier, right? Like, look, I'm a conservative like Trump, but I'm not morally reprehensible. I am not, yeah. I'm not a criminal, serial criminal. And I won't be distracted by, <laughs> by being a felon and, and dealing with multiple, multiple indictments, but he doesn't want to make that argument for whatever reason. He's afraid. He's totally afraid. Right, right. Well, what's interesting is, and th- now this is a perfect jumping off point to go into Chris who Christie. He isn't afraid. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah who, who isn't afraid of anything. He's got no fucks to give. And we love that about him. So we did some, you know, we, we watched his town hall last night and spit out some of the video right away so that could, people could, you know, get their popcorn, butter it, salt it, whatever they do. And But what's interesting is that Chris Christie managed to kind of turn this against DeSantis and his inability. So you have Haley who turned this against Trump and started talking about his electability, right? Chris Christie is not only took on Trump throughout this CNN town hall that was an hour and a half, but he also like took on DeSantis, who's the number two, right? He was mainly going after Trump, but he took on DeSantis and Trump um, on this uh, on this federal indictment. But basically saying, look, you know, what Trump has done is indefensible and we should have, you know, anyone who's running for president should have the leadership ability to call it out right um let's see this is this is the trump did it for walter this is the trump did it uh clip and that's what makes it so ridiculous that we're here and we're in a situation where there are people in my own party who are blaming doj how about blame him he did it he kept he took documents he wasn't supposed to take he kept them when they asked him back for them they got a grand jury subpoena he refused to comply. They raided his home finally because he refused to comply. That all of those things were brought on himself, as was this indictment. Should- we missed the we missed the end of that. All right. Well, the end of that is basically where where um, actually I think it's this other clip. Can we play this other clip saying the most destructive thing? To me, this is the most destructive thing he's done. People want to believe the president of the United States, right? And even when it's a president that I don't agree with, it's Jason, right? James, sorry, James. James, even when it's a president we don't agree with, if it's something really important, we want to believe them because we also want to believe that they know stuff that we don't know. And so if they're telling us something, and that's when it was over for me with Donald, when he stood behind the seal of the president in the East Room of the White House at 2.30 in the morning on election morning and said the election was stolen. Now, let me tell you something, everybody. If it had been, which it wasn't, he'd have no damn idea at that point. 
All the votes hadn't even counted yet. Okay, so none of that is what I wanted. <laughs> but that's, that's but, still a great but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good, right? <laughs> There's still great clips. It's still there's still there's still greatness. Like I I still love hearing Christie. He's he's taking on Trump. He's number one acknowledging that Trump did this and he could have just given back the material, right? Something we've we've already been over. Um I I love his him revisiting, you know, the 2020 election and uh the most destructive thing, the idea, you know, I mean, people can quibble about there's plenty of destructive things that Trump has done and Chris Christie could have had there could have been a last straw and any number of the the straw that broke the camel's back any number of times um, over the years. But I think that's if you're going to have to draw a line somewhere, it's a good line to draw. That kid was asking him about whether or not he, uh, he believes that there was that the election was stolen the way Donald Trump says. And Chris Christie is like, he, he started out by saying, there's no evidence. I kept saying, show me the evidence. If there's evidence, then yeah, I'm, I'll take it all the way to the Supreme Court. But there's no evidence. And he did this. He's, you know, completely out of uh, um, he's completely out of out of touch with reality. Um, he kept talking about, you know, Christie recounted how he would talk about uh, ballot box boxes being stuffed. And it didn't matter how many times we explained to him that in Georgia, that's the way the election law just works. They put all the ballots in boxes and they ship them to a place where they're all counted. But him, him naming the lie that he told on election night that he had won and that had been it, that this election had been stolen from him as the most destructive thing that Donald Trump did to the country in a lot of ways is a reasonable point, a reasonable line to draw, right? So, Carrie, we're um, almost out of time, but I'm, yeah. I'm really curious if it is it is obvious that Christie from from even before jumping in, but especially now, he's sort of establishing that line that says like we're gonna I'm gonna go after him. He's like the hardest hitting Republican candidate. There is on the other side, um, I don't you know maybe DeSantis is way on the other side, like refusing to actually take those shots at Trump. Do you think as this election as this election season goes on, if if Christie's gonna get more opportunity for the Haley's and the Rick's uh, and the um, Scott, you know, South Carolina, is it going to give them more openings, more opportunities to be more aggressive against Trump? Or are they going to let him take all the arrows so that they can stay sort of cleaner with the Trump supporters? No, I think he's he's definitely bought them room already. I don't think I don't know that they would have come out the way they did today if he and Asa Hutchinson weren't already saying this material was devastating. Trump should drop out. They've created room for the middle for people who are trying to carve out something where they're not totally beholden to Trump, but they don't 100 percent want to be the only people out there, you know, at the tip of the spear taking him on. Um, so I think it's really helpful. Christy, um, the, the part I was trying to get at was Christy kind of railed against people who weren't willing to call this out. He said they're playing his specifically to Ron DeSantis. He said they're playing political games with you. Um, how about we do this? He said, how about you decide who is the most honest, forthright leader who has common sense and will put you first? And let's put that person behind the desk of the Oval Office. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that was a nice way for him to kind of rail against Ron DeSantis for not having the guts to just come out mm -hmm. and say what is true. I still think so. There's a couple new developments. One is that there's some fund, some donors who are freaking out now because that that indictment was just that bad 
that they're like, oh, my God, Trump could still like be a front runner by like August or fall of next year. And what the heck are we going to do? And they're trying to convince Brian Kemp, uh, the governor of Georgia right now. Um, some there's some donors trying to convince uh, Brian Kemp, who has said that he wasn't going to get in the race to consider getting in the race. So Brian Kemp, I actually think of all the candidates would be the best one to take on Trump directly in the sense that he beat him politically yeah. in Georgia. Right. He didn't fall for Trump's, you know, trying to say that there that the election was stolen from him in Georgia. He certified the election. Trump tried to take him down and it was just ridiculous. His candidate just flamed out. And, you know, he he kind of easily won reelection in a, an election that a lot of people thought would be a little closer because Stacey Abrams was running against him. Yeah, again. not just not just one easily, but one in the same election where the Democrats retained their Senate seat. So it showed right. that the uh, those suburban college educated white voters who were abandoning the Republican Party because of the MAGA candidates were happy to stick with Kemp. Because he had proven that he wasn't playing that same MAGA game and that he wasn't against democracy and and politically on abortion and everything else, he's absolutely horrible. Like he's he's a he's a doctrinaire he's a Republican. True conservative. There's nothing about yeah. moderate about but where he's suddenly moderate is that he's not anti democracy and it actually helped him in a state like Georgia. And and given where the battleground is and it's those white suburban college educated voters, you know, he's somebody who theoretically might be able to appeal to them simply by saying Trump went after me. That's the right. best inoculation that he could have. And that's not something any of these other Republicans have on their resume. And it helped Kemp win re-election last year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. And uh, yeah. um, it would it would make him a more formidable candidate. I still think he suffers from the Republican toxic brand overall and his abortion stuff. Um, isn't going to play well nationally, et cetera, et cetera. But given their choices, he's somebody that actually has some advantages that none of the others do. Right. I, I agree with that. And, um, and you know, I think Tim, I still think Tim Scott, if he got his sea legs, um, would be, you know, could be formidable because he's not Trump and he's not DeSantis and he's not Christie either. Um, but he's not Haley. He's not, he's not wishy-washy like that. He just is learning. He's getting, you know, he's never been on a national stage like this. In any case, um, that let's leave on one last Christy, uh, because this is just so enjoyable. Let's just leave on loser, 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 because this is just <laughs> the most enjoyable quote of the night. Oh, it's the Democrats' fault. It's DOJ's fault. It's this person's fault. It's the media's fault. How bad it's his. He hasn't won a damn thing since 2016. Three-time loser. 2018, we lost the House. 2020, we lost the White House. We lost the United States Senate a couple of weeks later in 2021. And in 2022, we lost two more governorships, another Senate seat, and barely took the House of Representatives when Joe Biden had the most incompetent first two years I've ever seen in my life. Loser, loser, loser. Now we're getting going, it'll be different this time. Why? Why will it be different this time? <laughs> That's a great place. loser, loser, loser. I mean, and this is something Democrats say all the time. Sure. Let's run. You know, let's have Trump run again. He's a loser. He keeps losing. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, no one is willing to do that sort of plain talk that that let's get real about the situation here with Republicans and just to have them have to confront that 
is is I think a worthwhile exercise for the for the yeah. party. Certainly inside their own bubble, that's not penetrating. They, they, they don't realize just the extent of harm that Donald Trump has done to them, not just not the country, not to them. If they actually believe in the things they, they believe in, I don't understand why you would stick to Donald Trump. It's because it's a cult. I mean, we know it's a cult at this point. So that is our show for today. Thanks, Carrie, for putting this all together and Walter for, for the clips and uh, queuing them up and organizing this. This was this was an incredibly fun episode, I have to say. I just get ready because we're going to be fighting hard and it's going to be exciting because we're going to win again. Loser, loser, loser. Let's make that a fourth loser. Thanks for everything. See you all next week. 